This is Steve Huffman. I'm one of the pastors on staff. And welcome to the Team Vineyard Podcast, where we're helping you love Jesus, grow together, and give back. And uh, we are blessed today to have Larissa Miller from the Upper Room. Uh, she flew all the way to Dallas up uh, just to hang out with us at Chasing God. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time with her in the podcast. Uh, I've also got Leah Kurtz here. Hi, Leah. Hello. So uh, we've got a couple of questions for you. Is that okay? Yes. A couple of I'm questions. Happy. We're going to jump right in. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, the Upper Room, what your role is, what you guys do down there? Yeah, well, my husband and I started up a room by a kind of a holy accident about nine and a half years ago. And so I am one of the senior pastors, but I don't have any official duties. I'm on, the, I'm on our teaching uh team. And so I teach in, we have several, we have a plant in Denver, Colorado. We have a campus in North Dallas, uh, and then our one in Dallas. And so I'm on that rotation. But your official title is my mom. mom. I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. I got four little ones, eight, six, three, and one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I spend most of my time doing. And that's discipleship hard (laughs) <laughs> right in the trenches in the trenches mm-hmm. so i visited upper room almost a year ago because i heard about uh what your passion was mm-hmm. and I, I was impressed uh if you've ever seen at the outside of the building it's in this manufacturing district you don't advertise <laughs> no it's like this and even on the sign it says you are in little little case letters <laughs> upper room like you really need to want to go there it's true uh, uber drivers and uh you know the when they're delivering food they have the hardest time finding yeah. us <laughs> so yeah. tell us a little bit about the prayer room concept and yeah. then what you guys do on the weekend yeah so upper room started as a prayer room it, we didn't set out to plant a church that's why i called it a holy accident uh we so we pray three times a day. I think that came from Psalm fifty-five that talks about evening and morning and noon. I cry out to you. So we pray. We have live worship and prayer sets from six to eight a.m., twelve to two p.m., and six to eight p.m. That goes on all week. Some of those are live streamed on the internet on YouTube, but a lot of that is just happening all week long. So yeah. people come in and out, and our heart is just that there would be a space where God can be exalted and lifted up, and people can come into His presence. Um, and be in that atmosphere, you know, at any time. Yeah. You know, not the middle of the night yet, but maybe we'll get there one day. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we were able to sit through a, a number of uh, prayer sets. And there's not a ton of people in the room sometimes. No, no. Most of the time it, it's fairly, you know, there's which, not a huge crowd. Which was interesting to me because really the focus when there's not a lot of people in the room, the focus is on God the yeah. whole time, yeah. which is just a beautiful expression of what you were doing. So yeah. thanks for what you're doing in Dallas and for mm-hmm. hanging out with us mm-hmm. during Chasing God. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the Chasing God message, you can get it on YouTube. And boy, I would just encourage you to to watch that because it was powerful. So I want to uh, pass it off to Leah because I know Leah's got some some pretty practical questions. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you just how your relationship with Jesus got started. When did you fall in love with mm. Jesus? And what has that looked like from then until now? That's a great question. So I was raised in church. My parents were mission. I was born in the mission field. My dad was a preacher. Um, and so I always had a love for all things church. I did. I did. I did not have the typical 
preacher's kid disdain for that. I always loved it, but I didn't really meet and know the Lord uh, until I was in my 20s. And that was when I came to this church that there was teaching on the Holy Spirit. And I had never heard of that, honestly. I, it was a brand new concept. And all of a sudden, everything that I had been given in terms of my knowledge of the Bible and my value system, it all came into living color. And so uh, it's hard for me to just say, you know, the moment that I began walking with Jesus, I was baptized when I was 15 and it was from a sincere heart. But when I really gave my life to the Lord and walked with him and fell in love with him. And, um, you know, when he became everything to me was when I met the Holy Spirit who made everything come alive for me. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. And yeah. what does today, when you spend time with Jesus, what does that look like? That's a good question. I love your <laughs> questions. Uh, today it looks like me doing my best I am like a mouse to wake up so no one else wakes up. So I try to I grind my coffee beans before anyone the night before so that like it's as quiet as possible. And um, so I just read my Bible. I try to I can get in my head a lot. So I try really hard to really acknowledge where my heart is before the Lord really invite him into my heart. Um, so it's early mornings for me. And then. Okay. You know, I want to commune with him all day long, um, but the morning sets the tone for the day for me. It's kind of, it's kind of become a necessity. I didn't know I needed. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And then one last question from me. As a mom, uh -huh. what are some practical things you're doing to teach your kids about Jesus and to include them in the spiritual things and ministry life yeah. and all of that? Thank you. That's a big value that we have is that it wouldn't just be about church, but it's about this life that we have. And so um, it's honestly a lot of that is a moment by moment thing where we're talking about him, where we're acknowledging his presence and all the things that we're doing, um, where we're praying for issues that come up in their hearts, mm -hmm. like, well, let's pray for that friend. Let's do this and watch how God answers. Even, I mean, my six-year-old had a, a really frustrating issues with her shoelaces for weeks on end. She was so in a tizzy about her shoelaces. Can anyone relate to this? I don't know. <laughs> but... I mean, it was so frustrating for me. It was like, they're too long. They're too short. They're too tight. They're too loose. And, and so I decided to, we just needed to pray about it. So we would, I would pray, I would pray with her. I'd pray for her. And so then this week when she had a great attitude for the first time about her shoelaces, <laughs> I said, you know what? Jesus is an overcomer and he also rewards us when we overcome. That's what the Bible says. And so, you know, she got a cake pop. So awesome. I'm saying it's an everyday life thing. We, another thing that we do, I'll just share real quick, is we take communion with our kids. Um, they, so we, that's a way, a practical way. I like things that they can touch and see and engage with. So things that engage our senses. So they touch the bread, they, they drink the juice, and we talk about the sacrifice of the, what he's done, what he's paid for. So that's something we like to do together as a family. Awesome. That's, that's great. So. Uh, can I move to your marriage? Because yes, I, uh, please. Yeah, when I went down, I visited with both of you, and um, so talk about in your just practically, not sort of church life, but mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Integrating faith and marriage mm -hmm. and lots of kids, lots of activities. Yeah. Some of your kids are in sports, so yeah. 
you're just busy. Yeah. So how do you root back as a couple, love Jesus, do your marriage really well? Give us some tips. We keep the main thing, the main thing. So, um, I, the main, the main thing is loving God, you know, not loving church, but loving God and loving each other. And your first neighbor is your spouse. And so that really is, I mean, that's our, that's our goals. Keep the main thing, the main thing. So we have a date night once a week. We, I mean, it's not, it's not cheap to pay for a babysitter every week. It's not, you know, but we do it and we say no to a lot of things so that we can have that time together. It's our favorite part of the week where we get to be with each other and just have fun. It's not overthought. It's just fun. It's sweet. And then, um, having a day of rest is a really big deal for us. So we have very strict boundaries around our day of rest and around our date night. We just, we don't budge. And so those built into our weekly life have saved us from so much. So even things that come up during the week that my client, you know, issues that come up with our kids, issues that come up. We, we, we don't talk about church or ministry on our date night, or if we need to, we set a timer, literally the timer on the phone, three minutes, we can talk about this issue and we're not talking about it anymore so that we can enjoy our time together. We can be together. We can have fun. So we prioritize those things with our choices, with our money, with our time, the resources that we have, we prioritize um, that. So we, you know, I don't know. Yeah, those, that's, those, those are good practical Those are big, big things that save us. Yeah. Can I shift gears? Yeah. So um, one of the things I know about your church is you serve mostly millennials, mm-hmm. uh, which is incredible. And... So you get an insight, and I don't think it's just the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but you get an insight into sort of the culture and identity issues that uh, millennials are dealing with. And we have, uh, we are so blessed to be a church. I think even during Chasing God, we did a call for anyone 29 and younger, and there was a big group that you were able to pray over. But could you share with us just top of mind a couple of things that millennials, when they consider church... Mm-hmm. whatever that means to them, that they're struggling with right now? Yeah. Uh, I think they're struggling with the organization that has become church, the establishment that's become church, and the show that has become church. I think they're struggling with things that they've been told from a pulpit and not seen at home, things that they've, um, you know, the, when when pastors and ministers fall in when they're caught in affairs and when they're, I think they're struggling with the hypocrisy that they've observed. They're struggling with the fact that Jesus doesn't seem to have a a voice or a say or an impact on real important things that are coming up in our culture, like racism, like, and so they're trying to, trying to reconcile what they've been told from the organization that they've seen as quote unquote church and real life. You know, I think so many things that they've, they've been told are irrelevant to their daily, you know, people are arguing over a theology of this or that. And yet, I mean, their, their kids, you know, their kids looking at pornography on their phones when they're nine years old. And so it just, it's things that seem irrelevant to them. So they're trying to reconcile church quote unquote and real life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I remember when we visited, your, 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 even your building just seemed to be authentic <laughs> when you stepped in. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I so appreciated that. And I think that's why mm-hmm. the millennials are just, they sense an authenticity mm-hmm. that it's not a, a show. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's great. Uh, on that same vein, um, y- you have some really 
sort of beautiful ways to express how you view worship. Mm-hmm. And so you, during Chasing God, you sort of got a peek into our worship culture as a congregation. Yeah. And so can you share, just as you think about worship, uh, your view into that? Um, That's a big question. Yeah, I know. no, I think... I, if, you know, if the vineyard is known for anything, it's worship. So many of the songs that I know that we love and sing have endeared to our hearts are, have come from the vineyard. And so the, the history, the foundation is so rich and I sense so much hunger when last night during chasing God, and I sense so much desire to to learn more, to go deeper, to express and to kind of explore freedom in worship and what it looks like. And so I could just really sense that, like, there's a great sense of hunger and desire in that place. Um, I just, I, I could feel that like a, like a, like a wave, you know, like, oh, um, we're going to get swept up in this wave of people just can't wait to worship the Lord, just a hunger, desire. Yeah. yeah. So um, probably people that are listening to this, they, they probably fall into different categories. You know, people who could uh, worship on a dime, like they, mm-hmm. they're ready to worship even if they're driving to work. And yeah. then there's probably some people listening who are like, what does that even look like? Yeah. Because to them, worship, which is which can be also a beautiful expression is on Sunday morning, yeah. uh, experiencing that. So yeah. how can you uh, just practically give us some things to either, how can we worship differently or how can we expand our worship? Even if somebody's just ex- just starting to experience what worship is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I think the word says that the father is looking for worshipers. He's looking for them. And, you know, I love that one day in heaven, there's not worship leaders in heaven, that we're all going to be surrounding him, worshiping him for an eternity. And until you begin to have a revelation and like an understanding of worship, I remember when that idea sounded very boring and like, what, for the rest of eternity, we're going to worship, we're just going to sing. But when you begin to meet with him, so I would say um, things that have been helpful for me is time when I'm just I'm just soaking in the in the presence of the Lord. What I mean by that is turning on something that may or may not have any words to it, but where I'm just purposed to sit with the Lord. The Bible talks a lot about waiting on the Lord. And so worship is about communion with him. And so I want to be doing that all the time. I, I, It's not that he's commanding it of me. It's that I want to be communing with him because he's the source of all life. I, He is my fountain of life for me in my kitchen, in my, you know, on my date. You know, Michael's not my source of life. He's not my source of love. He's not my source of connection. The Lord is. And so worship is that place of communion. It may include song, but not always. It's a, it's a heart connection with the Lord. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. I think it did answer our question. Yeah. You said something um, during your talk. I'm trying to recall it. So uh, you picked up your Bible and and you encouraged us all Mm -hmm. be in the word, Mm -hmm. even at the hard times Mm -hmm. when it feels like, what am I reading? I don't Mm -hmm. even remember Mm -hmm. it. I'm not in the mood really to, but you said something after that, that I don't even know if you remember what you said Mm -hmm. that was impactful. Do you remember what you said? 
I think it's about the word. You need you need to have the word in you when it doesn't feel like anything. And even if you don't understand it, because you never know when this Holy Spirit, who is always even biblically, you can see how the Holy Spirit rests on the word of God. So as you put the word, as you eat the word, you put it inside of your heart, you learn it, you study it, you memorize it, or you just read it. Even if you don't understand it, you never know when the Holy Spirit is going to breathe and blow life on that word that's inside of you. It could come through an encouraging word, somebody at the grocery store, somebody in your workplace, your child, you just never know when it's gonna come up. But if you don't have it in you, the Holy Spirit has less to rest on. He's a spirit of truth, so he loves truth. And so when truth is in our hearts and we, we've been eating it, he has somewhere to rest on. And then the the day-to-day life of being an encourager, being being encouraged yourself. That's one of the best things the Lord does for us. Is he encourages us. Yeah. So, yeah, your Bible. Your, oh, this generation, we need our Bibles. That's for sure. How do you practically do that with your kids? Oh, that's a good question. I'm learning that right now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm studying a book right now about how to raise kids who love Jesus. I think... Um, I don't know because mine are still young. I was thinking, how do I do this? Because they, they, you know, only one of them's a very good reader still. They're right. still so young. Um, and so I'm in the middle of exploring that, but we, we talk about the stories. We tell the stories. I think, I think about that, the, what do they call it? The great Shema, the command is to talk about it with your children when you're walking along, when you're, so I take my little boys on walks and they throw stones in the creek and pretend to be David, you know, with his slingshot at Goliath. So I, that's a great question. I'm in the middle of wondering, Lord, how, because I, the way I grew up, you know, you, you went to church every Wednesday and that was your, where you got a lot of your Bible. Right. And I think church today is not, not necessarily like that. So we at home have to take more responsibility to give them the word of God. Yeah. So it's a good question. I don't have the right answer to it yet. That was a pretty good answer. I'll, I'll get back to you in like a year. Yeah. You let <laughs> us know in a year. So, um, so final question, and you may have touched on a couple of these. So, you know, the vineyard, our vineyard DNA, mm-hmm. um, you've experienced, you've hung out with some of us. Uh, if you could leave us with one encouraging nugget mm-hmm. of what you, cause you get to experience churches mm-hmm. all around the United States. You've been mm-hmm. out of the country a couple of times, maybe. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. So you've seen it. You've mm-hmm. seen us. What's one thing that you could leave as an encouragement for Team Vineyard? I'll say what I um, what I said to your worship team a little earlier, and it's that keep your why before you. Why are you doing what you're doing? You know, I, I, I think in the busyness of life, we lose our why. What is this for? What is this unto? But if you can keep your why, why am I going to church? You know, if you, if you wake up on a Sunday morning or Saturday night, you're going to church and you're, you just sometimes you're in the duty of doing it and you forget, why are we doing this? Well, one, I'm coming to worship and the Bible says, don't neglect meeting together because you encourage one another. You're here to encourage one another. You're here to build one another, one another up and you're here to come worship the Lord together and be a family. So I think whether you're just, you know, whether you're a member that attends or you're a leader, you're serving in some capacity, you have to have your why in front of you. So you don't lose the zeal, the passion, the heart of what this 
the vineyard community is carrying. It's carrying the heart of the Lord, and we have to stay connected to that vine <laughs> in the vineyard. That's so good. Mm. So I want to thank you. Thank you. For spending time with Vineyard uh, over the last couple of days. And I hope this podcast bless everybody who listens to yes. it. So thanks for tuning in, and we will see you this weekend.